going on everybody this is mike hughes and you're listening to mike on the mic everything sports related podcast today is saturday july 9 2022 and we have some different kind of news today um this news is not one i'm excited about it is not one that i'm upset about it's one of those situations to where no one really knows what the fuck is going on and and no one really knows how to feel about it because there's so many mixed emotions in what's transpired in the last few days. And obviously, first, I want to give a congratulations and and a welcome to the Chicago Blackhawks organization to new head coach Luke Richardson. Um, You know, Luke, obviously born in Ottawa, Canada, played for some time with the Senators and a couple other teams throughout the NHL. Um, You know, he's been an assistant coach for the Montreal Canadiens since 2018. So we definitely have a guy who's had experience in this league a lot better than our last couple coaches um, since Joe Quinville's departed with the Chicago Blackhawks. So I I am excited about that. I think that is a a player's coach, someone that you really want throughout the organization and throughout the league to kind of help build team chemistry, team morale, really help develop players. Um, And and, and honestly, just having a legitimate strategy. Um, Not to say that the Canadians... um, you know, didn't need him, but um, he, he definitely played a big part of their success in the recent years. So I'm super excited about that. I think it's going to be great. Um, I, I'm just overall ecstatic that we actually have a coach that you can kind of believe in. 53 years of age, he's kind of in between that line. You don't want somebody that's too old and out of touch, but you also don't want somebody like our last fucking coach who's literally like 25 years old. Like that's, that was, that was, and that's a, that's a, that's an over-exaggeration. Let's not get it twisted. Um, but I believe Taser was, was older. So, I mean, it, it's definitely something we just need to understand and, and, trust that process. But with that being said, the breaking news that we're discussing today, which is insane to me to even think that transpired. Now, obviously, Alex Dabrinkit was most likely going to walk and and leave the Chicago Blackhawks organization. And a big part of that is just because he wants to win. You know what I mean? Like the, the kid is a stud and we could have paid him all the money in the world. But at the end of the day, winning hockey is so hard to come by. 
it, it's so hard to come by. And a big part of why that is, is, is just simply based off the fact that teams usually have a standard of, of their rebuild periods. And the Blackhawks are, in my opinion, entering their second rebuild and the first one kind of failed. Like the first one, obviously, Kirby Doc and, and bringing in Artemi Panarin and bringing in all these individuals. And then you end up moving all of them. And that didn't make any fucking sense to me for Andrew Ladd, Brandon Saad and company. It just, it, it was a failed effort by Stan Bowman um, and a bunch of other individuals like Rocky throughout the organization. They, they kind of stamped off on that. And as much as I love Shawzy, um, you know, also trading back for him, it, it just... It, it didn't make sense to me to why we were backpedaling on guys like Artemi Panarin, why we were backpedaling on other guys throughout this organization that honestly put in so much work, put in so much work. And, and, and it's insane to me to think that all that happens. But what starts off the other day, it was um, two days ago exactly, I believe on July 7th, if I'm not mistaken, the Chicago Blackhawks traded. Alex Dabrinkit to the Ottawa Senators for the 7th overall pick, the 39th overall pick, and a 2024 third round pick. And and that's obviously the first two picks being in the 2022 NHL draft that just recapped and we're going to, you know, really break that down and have a couple guests on the show that I'm super excited about, great hockey minds. As like I said, I'm trying to get back into the game of hockey. I'm really trying to just embody myself in hockey all summer long so I'm good by the time you know the first puck drops by opening day so I'm super excited about it um but this was not the way to start it off this and it it makes sense it definitely makes sense um to why it transpired the way it did And, and obviously the Blackhawks needed a first round draft pick because they traded their first round draft pick um, for Jones, which which is understandable. It, it's definitely understandable. He's one of the best defenders in the league um, that by by far. I mean, by far. And it's not even a question. So it's not that I'm upset about it, but we would have had the number six overall pick if we didn't trade for Seth Jones. And I'm kind of at this place right now when you look at Seth Jones, you know, he's 27 years old. We just extended him this huge contract. And now we're entering a full-blown rebuild. What's the point of having Seth Jones? If we're going to tank for Victor like everybody thinks we are next year, I mean, that's perfectly fine. But it's it's to the conversation of why would you lose that pick? And I guess in hindsight, they thought they maybe would have been able to keep Cat, maybe make a playoff push. You still had one of the best goalies in Flurry uh, before you traded him to the Wild. So, I mean, it's I definitely understand where their thinking was with trading for the Jones brothers. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's that conversation of, okay, well now we could have had the sixth pick and the seventh pick if he would have just stayed pat and probably an even better pick than the sixth pick if they, we wouldn't have had Jones. Like that's, that's the reality. So I think there's just so much that unpacks and goes into that. Um, with that sixth pick and the 39th pick, we, we did pretty solid. I, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm upset about it. Um, not the sixth pick, pardon me, the seventh pick. We got Kevin Corch, Cor- Korchinski, pardon me, Kevin Korchinski. Um, and then with the 39th overall pick, we got Paul Ludwinski. So, I mean, I, I'm not too, I'm not too upset about it whatsoever. And, and, and that's not at all what I'm upset about where I was upset. And it's, it's more so if you, if you watch the Chicago sky and you watch the WNBA, it's kind of like a diamond to shields type conversation. I loved a diamond. I felt like diamond was a Hooper's Hooper. She really did her job. Um, but she just couldn't stay healthy. And Kirby Doc is the same situation. An amazing talent, an amazing kid. I love every part of it, um, uh, uh, especially in getting him. Now, obviously, I would have preferred Jack Hughes in that draft, but anybody would have preferred Jack Hughes in that draft. I'm not just saying that because that's my last name, but you know, Kirby Doc ends up getting traded to Montreal, which is so crazy to me because 
We literally bring in Richardson, and he's played with the Senators, so we give them Debrinket. And then he's an assistant coach for the Canadians, and we give them Doc. So I don't know who's working with who or what the fuck's going on, but somebody's helping somebody. And I'm not going to sit here and say that's on, uh, that's on Richardson, but it's, it's definitely not a fucking coincidence. But I, I'm just playing. It definitely probably is a fucking coincidence. Um, but in all seriousness, I, I was kind of like, mm, what the fuck? But Kirby Doc gets traded for the 13th overall pick in a and and the 66 overall pick, pardon me, all for the 2022 draft. Um, with those picks, I mean, we, we didn't do awful. You know what I mean? The 13th pick, we got uh, Frank Nazar. I mean, Frank Nazar is a, is a great talent. I feel like there's a lot that you could potentially do. And Gavin Hayes. Um, so I, I think Gavin Hayes being the 66th overall pick, pardon me. Um, but I, I think there's just a lot to unpack with that. And I think, you know, there wasn't anybody that we got where I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, well, they're just as talented, if not more talented than Alex DeBrinkin and Kirby Doc. But what we did get was bodies. I feel like, you know, if two or three of those guys pan out and could be rotational guys or just bring an impact, then that's definitely something where you could be like, okay, we, we, we can work with that. It's more than what we would have had. We didn't even have a first round pick. And if Cat was going to walk anyways, I'm not upset about that whatsoever. We got a top 10 pick out of it. I'm not mad. And what I am mad about is the Kirby Doc situation. And I do completely understand where everybody's coming from when they say, well, he's just not healthy. He's also super fucking young. That's the problem. That, that, w- that was my problem. And, and the bigger problem with that, and this is where I upset a lot of people. Now, Doc is 21 years old. He's younger than me. I'm born May 24th, 2000. This kid was born January 21st, 2001. If it starts with 2000 and, you fucking keep the kid. That's just what it is. Point blank, period. I mean, the kid is talented. The kid is a stud. And yes, he has his health concerns, but I mean, he's so young. You don't know what that could transpire and turn into. He can go walk into Montreal and be one of the greatest to ever do in that franchise history. I mean, that's that's the reality of it. So I, I just think, I think we moved on too soon from Kirby Doc. Um, Alex Dabrinkit, again, it's just like Seth Jones to me. You look at him. I mean, he's 24 years old. He's a little bit older. He's going to be turning 28 or 25 this year. Pardon me. Um, that huge payday. When you look at it, when I look at Seth Jones and the Jones brothers in general, you, you look at it from the perspective of, okay, if we have to rebuild the next three to four years and then we're contending, how old is Jones going to be? Jones is 27 right now, turning 28. So 28, 29, 30, 31 potentially, maybe even 32 by the time we're legitimate contenders. So, I mean, he's fried. Then you look at Alex Debrinkit. He's turning 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, potentially 29, 30 years old by the time we're really potentially Stanley Cup ready. And that's only if everything goes according to plan. Only and, and by the way, by the looks of things and the way this season went, I, I don't expect it to be a very quick a very quick recap. And then you have to look at what's going to happen with Johnny and Kaner and, and and what happens with that situation. Who knows? Are they going to get traded? Are they going to request a trade? Are they going to retire here? That's the problem with me. Is like I, I don't know the direction of this team right now with the Chicago Cubs or even the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears blowing up house. Justin Fields is 22 years old. I completely understand it. You have Justin. We're going to build around him, and it's going to be great. The Chicago Cubs, we have a good farm system. We traded all our assets for more assets and more farm system people, and, and that's, that's exactly what we want to do. 
That's exactly how we want to play this. And we have David Ross, who's here to develop these guys. The problem with the Chicago Blackhawks is right now you have Kaner and Taze who are just sitting here and wasting the rest of their careers on a franchise that they've given everything to, that they've given a dynasty to, one of the greatest dynasties ever. I don't care what anybody says. The Chicago Blackhawks 2010 to 2015 run, even 2016 run, was one of the best times in hockey and it put Chicago back on the map without question. To have them sitting here to have them sitting here just blowing smoke up their ass with false promises like Artemi Panarin, who Patrick Kane has hit the greatest season he's ever had with, wins an MVP, Artemi wins Rookie of the Year. They have fucking over 700-something points combined. It was fucking insane. And you trade the guy for Brandon Saad back? An aging and injured Brandon Saad? Then you get Kirby Doc. You trade him for the fucking what? The 13th and 66th pick? You get Alex Debrinkit, you trade him for the fucking seventh pick. Like, to me, when you look at these guys and, and you look at what's transpiring right now, I just don't think it makes sense. I, I think a lot of it is confusing. I, I don't think it's it's going to be something to where, you know, I, I look at these trades two years from now and be like, man, that was really what turned the Blackhawks organization around was trading Doc and Cat. Like, that's... Excuse me. That's that's definitely not it. It's not going to be the case. So I I just I don't know where we're going right now. And I compared the Cubs and the Bears is because they enter these rebuilds of understanding. We got top dollar assets and we already have a great farm system. The Blackhawks are in a situation to where it's like, yo, we've been ass since like 2018, and we we're just digressing. We're getting worse. That's where it's like, okay, we brought in Cat, we brought in Kirby. That was pretty much the rebuild again, or more so a retooling. You bring back Shawzi, you bring back Saad, you bring back all these guys, and it's like you bring in Flurry, you, 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 you bring in Jones, and you do all this, and it's like, okay, cool. We have a good squad. You ever play, you ever play NHL on, on, on PS4 or Xbox or whatever, whatever console you have? Dude, the Blackhawks are a good fucking team in that game. And I know it's a video game, but that's what I'm saying. You constructed on paper a good roster, a good roster when healthy. So your rebuild was, it's not that it was over, but you you were supposed to be playing somewhat winning hockey. And then now you're just going to scrap all of it. And at this point, it's like you might as well just send send Kaner home, send him wherever you got to send him, Buffalo, Boston, whatever it may be. Send Johnny to Canada, send him wherever he wants to go, or just to a contending team. It does. It just does. It makes sense. Duncan Keith just officially retired. By the way, shout out to Duncan Keith. Um, he's kind of been officially retired, but now it was officially official. Um, so you know, I mean, shout out to Dunks and, and and what an amazing career. And I don't know where Seabrook is right now. I think he retired as well. Um, but if you know, it's it's just what the fuck. Like I I don't. I don't understand, and I'm trying to understand. I want to be reasonable and be like, you know, this makes sense to why we're moving the way we are. But it just doesn't. It just doesn't make sense at all. Like, and that's that's where I keep bringing up other stuff. Like, for the Bulls, and I keep re- relaying it back. I should make hockey comparisons, but I just make Chicago comparisons because Chicago is the king of rebuilds and failed rebuilds. And the White Sox as well, you know, they've had failed rebuilds since 2005. Like, you know what I mean? Since they won the championship. It took them how many years to get this one right? And they're still not perfectly good. 
Um, but a big part of that is spending money, different conversation. And the Bulls, they had to do two rebuilds. The first one around Jimmy Butler, you bring in Dwayne Wade, you bring in Rojan Rondo, you bring in a bunch of key pieces. That didn't fucking work. Now you have to do this other one where, you know, it's, it's Laurie Marketing and Wendell Carter Jr. That didn't fucking work. So now you have this great squad of Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan and company, and Vooch and company, and it's great, but that took a long time. And I think the Blackhawks are in a situation right now where I don't think they have the right front office around them to be able to make a good team or a consistent team because they they just think they're so close so fast, and I just wish they would just wait a little bit longer. I, I, I truly do. Why did you move on from Artemi Panarin? Why were you so unwilling to pay him and Patrick Kane, who were potentially the best duo in hockey and could have been the, potentially one of the best duos to ever do it? That's just the reality. It could have been even better than Taze and, and fucking and Kane. Like, that's, that's how fucking good it was. It, shit was so sweet. The kid barely knew fucking English. And him and Kane were fucking best friends. It made zero sense in the world. And I think, you know, in hindsight, you look at his time with the Rangers, you look at his time in other organizations, and it's like, I get it. Um, But at the end of the day, the kid produces. The kid's doing his thing. It's a damn shame because if you could have had a foundation of of DeBrinket, Taze, Kane, Panarin, and Doc, and and then you obviously still have Jones and Flurry and company, I mean, that's a team. That is a team. And, and it's just, it's so unfortunate. And obviously you can't predict for the fall off of Brent Seabrook and you can't predict for the injuries of Duncan Keith and, or Corey Crawford. And, and it's just like, or Andrew Shaw having to retire early because of head injuries. And, and that's understandable, but it's still the same conversation of what the fuck are we doing? Why are we doing this the way we are? And, and it's just, it's just disappointing, man, because I like Doc. I liked him a lot. I, I like Cat. I love Cat. Cat was one of those guys you kind of look at and you're like, this is the guy you want to build around. Nick Schmaltz is another guy who's completely dominating in Arizona right now. And it's like, for what? For what? Why? Why, why are we doing? Why are we moving the way we're moving? We just need to sit and build. And that's the problem with Rocky and the Chicago Blackhawks organization and Stan Bowman before he changed his role due to whatever the fuck, and, and, and it was just like, nah, it, it wasn't whatever the fuck, it was the sexual assault allegation, I'm not gonna call it whatever the fuck, because that was ignorant, but it, it's, it's something to where it's like, what are we doing, like, wh- why, it, it just doesn't make sense at all, and then you have obviously the sexual assault allegations between the team, from way back when, that's some shit that didn't need to come up, but it did, and obviously it did need to come up, but what I'm saying is like, that's some shit that happened and we and you haven't settled that already and and that's something brand new that this team did not need at a very dark time in the team's organization it's like man like we just look so bad and and it just it's so awful and I, i hate every minute of it i hate every minute of it because i love blackhawks hockey i love it with a passion and and the the so upsetting part about it is we had all these pieces and we just moved them way too fucking early. And, and that's the part that's so upsetting to me is like, we were right there. We were knocking on the door. If you could have walked in, and obviously salary cap is a part of it as well. But let's say for God's sake that we could get this team to fucking play on the same roster. You have Nick Schmaltz. You have Jones, Taze, Kane, Debrinket, Panarin, Flurry. I mean, the list goes on. Doc, like it, it's, it's a solid fucking team, guys. That's where I'm fucking frustrated is like, 
this team was good and this team could have been ready if they would have just sat there fucking patiently. And obviously, like I said, you can't predict on injuries. You can't predict on health or just things happening or guys regressing. But it's it's so much easier than what they're making it right now. And to have to do basically a second rebuild from a rebuild and still holding on the cane and taser, you're going to make them go through this again? Let it go. Like, let them go. Let them go where they need to. And normally, I'm against it. I'm like, no, they need to retire here. But I'm watching the way Anthony Rizzo is playing for the fucking New York Yankees right now. And I'm watching him be the first team to, what, 50 or 60 wins. I'm watching fucking Chris Bryant do his thing in Colorado and Javier Baez living it up in Detroit. And obviously those other two places like Colorado and Detroit aren't great teams, but they're happy. I'm watching Kyle Schwarber on the Phillies. Like I'm watching guys I wanted to retire Cubs just succeed and be happy. And I've watched it on the Bears and I've like Akeem Hicks going to play in Tampa with Tom Brady. It's that's that's fucking amazing. That's amazing. I want to see Akeem be on a championship caliber team. I think everybody does. The same with Matthew Stafford. Of course, every Lions fan wants him to retire with the Detroit Lions. But watching him win a fucking Super Bowl with the fucking LA Rams was outstanding. And that's what I want for Kaner and Taze, especially, especially Taze, especially Taze after everything he's endured. It's definitely something I think he just deserves it. And John and, and, and Patty too, my bad, not Johnny. And Patty too. Patty deserves everything. He's given us everything. Without a shadow of a doubt. And that's that's just where I'm at right now, man, is is I just wanted to vent that and just get it out there. Talk we're gonna break down the draft and talk about so much more in a little bit. Um but with that being said, definitely in the comments, let me know how you feel about the trades. Let me know how you feel about blowing up the team once again. Um, and where do you think the Blackhawks are gonna be in the future? But with that being said, I hope everybody has a safe and happy weekend. I have a surprise party to get to. So With that being said, thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Peace.